Say go, scan a go. I am Jenny Doctor, and this is The Power of Music, episode 7 in our series about suicide prevention. Music Camp is a concept that is dear to my heart. Guest host Peter Downey explores the evolution of Music Camp in our communities. Thanks, Jenny. We're going to hear a lot more from Jenny in just a second. In this season of Sacred Teachings, we've examined how important listening is, especially for those who work to try to lower the incidence of suicides in Indigenous communities. We've also explored the importance of talking about suicide and its troublesome aftermath as a way of understanding and healing. Well, this episode is also about language. But it's not about speech. It's about the power of music. I think as humans, we all have similar struggles. And this musical application uh, of, of joy to those struggles is pretty universal. That's Mike Mickelson. He's the son of Reverend Bell Mickelson, one of the driving forces behind setting up music camps throughout Alaska. In recognition, as Bell once said, that Everybody needs to be good at something. So she founded Dancing with the Spirit, which continues to bring the gift of music to Indigenous communities across Alaska. Music does at least a couple of things. Simply listening to it and maybe singing along can be a means of building community and a very real way of connecting with those who've come before. But learning to play music can also be a way of bolstering self-esteem and pride, two incredibly powerful weapons against the despair and the darkness that can lead to suicide. But we should never underestimate the value and the power of just having fun. I I do play guitar, but I've never seen myself as a musician. But it is fun to play along especially with uh, young people who are, they're just learning. And I, I feel like I'm a student. I, I encourage myself to, uh, to play with them. It's lots of fun. And it's very uplifting. Music for the spirit. That's the voice of the late Reverend Norm Casey, who was a, a friend and mentor to so many living on the Six Nations of the Grand River Reserve. He was also instrumental, if you'll pardon my use of that word, in establishing music camps for his community. And that word, community, lies at the heart of everything. To be here in this community, it's like turning back the clock. I'm going to say it, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, in a regular kind of community. So if you grew up in any city or community in Canada in the 50s or 60s, People knew each other. In our indigenous communities across the country, it's still the way it was before. So grandmas and and grandpas, our aunties, our uncles, our cousins, everyone lives nearby. And uh, we're very much a a big family here. And uh, people are supportive and encouraging of each other. That doesn't mean that we don't have problems, because we do. Suicide in young people is 
really high in, uh, in indigenous communities. Our kids are, they don't know how to resolve the pain that they have, and they don't know where that pain comes from, and they don't know what to do next. They don't know how to, to fix it. And it's hard to come up with solutions on how to fix that, that pain. But we do know that music lifts your spirit. That's why we call this program Music for the Spirit. It lifts your spirit. It makes you feel good about yourself. When you learn some skills uh, in playing musical instruments in particular, singing, dancing, your, not only are your spirits lifted, but you become a role model for other youth who are looking for something <laughs> to fill their own uh, voids and their own gaps. So, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity that, uh, that I see for, for young people to get involved. And even the sports kids, they, they came from sports camps in the summer to come to the music camp because they wanted to be here. They wanted to, to do that too. Now, in a community where it feels like everybody knows everybody, those who take the lead become fairly well-known figures. That was the case with Leona Moses. Now, her name may sound familiar to you. She was the mother of Judith Moses. We spoke with Judith about the suicide of her younger brother and Leona's son, Ronald. To say that Leona took the lead on establishing a music camp at Six Nations is a bit of an understatement. So Leona's dream was that we would have a music program and we would have dance programs. And uh, our dream was to help young people uh, to boost their self-esteem, to provide opportunities for, for growth, uh, to, to learn new skills, all of those kinds of things that uh, some of the kids here in this community, as in any community, not every child is a sports person, is an athlete. Some children are different than others, and uh, we had no opportunities for them. So this gave a wonderful opportunity for them. And the following spring, we started meeting in earnest on trying to put something together. And then uh, Leona passed away. So anyway, we were, we were able to actualize her dream. And Jenny Doctor got involved with our proposal and uh, began to tell us that she and um, Bishop Mark McDonald had started a music program in Alaska when they were working there. So Jenny uh, Doctor encouraged us, Bishop Mark encouraged us. We invited some uh, musicians from Alaska uh, who had already been working on a similar program there to come here and teach us how to do that here. That's how it started. So the musicians from Alaska came to Six Nations to help Norm deliver Leona's dream of a music camp. As he mentioned, the inspiration came from one person. How could anyone ever tell you that you're anything less and beautiful. This is Ginny Doctor. How could anyone ever tell you that you're less than whole? How could anyone fail to notice that your loving is a miracle? 
how deeply you're connected to my soul. That's Ginny Doctor singing a short song written by Libby Roderick. The music camps in Alaska started because of Ginny and a stranger with a violin who wouldn't let go of the idea of taking music into Alaska's indigenous villages. There was this woman out in front of the building playing her playing her violin. I almost thought she was one of those people that play for music, you know, but I didn't see a can or anything, or anything setting out, so I figured she wasn't one of those. So she, I was really intrigued by her, and she was just playing away and smiling, and, and I didn't know her. I, but then later I got to meet her, and we had a little chat about music and how important it was to her and how she really would like to start some kind of music program for young people. And so at the time, you know, I, I really couldn't get into it with her, but I said, yeah, I said, that sounds like something I'd be interested in helping out with. But that it kind of ended there, but she kept following up and kept hounding me. Are we going to do this? Are we not? And, I, you know, I've got all these good ideas that we can take music out into the villages and it would help help promote their self-esteem and maybe uh, detract from suicide prevention. And she went on and on and on. Finally, I said, okay, I said, let me see if I can find some money to at least get a pilot program going. And she said, okay. So I did write a grant and I think we got about $8,000 put on our first music camp in the village that I was serving in at the time was Tanana, Alaska. And so we uh, got it all together. And uh, basically, the cost is buying instruments at first. And so we were able to buy instruments and able to pay airfare, because that's another big expense for people coming in, because it's a fly-in community. So we had to do all that. We got a team together of instructors. We also were able to recruit some local people to help us. And I would say every community in Canada also has a number of musicians who can teach if they're prompted to. So we had this camp and, and I, I, I was kind of still not, you know, sold on it, but it turned out really, really good. And I was one of the instructors. I taught a group of girls to play guitar and we had other instructors do the same and we each, there were several bands, as Bell calls them, but they would, uh, you know, practice songs that they could sing in a community performance. And I think it, it really hit me at the community performance because all of these children were just glowing with what they had learned and the performance was outstanding. And all of the parents and friends and the whole community turned out uh, to watch these people, to watch these young people play. And it was just really so good to see them start to glow too, to see their children and, you know, up there on stage performing. And it, it was quite an event. So then we began to look at other ways to, uh, to replicate it in other parts of Alaska. And it grew. It just kept growing and growing and growing to the point now where I think Bella's been to something like 50 villages or so in Alaska. If I remember correctly, you were already sort of predisposed to 
the power of music, right? From your own life. I mean, music had played an important role as you were as you were growing up. Yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, music has always been a big part of my life ever since I was in grade school. I think um, I started learning music in the third grade. I first started on the clarinet, but I also moved to a number of other instruments. But what was really my selling point at the time was my voice. I had a really good voice at one point in my life. And, you know, and I actually thought about going into music as a career, uh, not as a performer, but as an educator. I thought that was what I wanted to do. Um, but, you know, things happen, and I was uh, kind of dissuaded from that and went into uh, more of a, kind of a social work kind of positions throughout my life. But the call was always to help serve um, other people. So yes, music was really important, and and it, and it was important as I began my my ministry in Alaska, because I had learned I I taught myself to play the guitar. I did that because I saw the attraction of guitar music in our villages, because Mark McDonald and I had made a trip. Uh, one of those years to several villages on the Yukon River. And everywhere we went, Mark, of course, would pull out his guitar. And his buddy, Tali Estes, as well, was with us. He was a guitar player. So we would play and sing, you know, just about all night in every village. And that was how we drew people in. And it was really, it was really inspiring for me to see that. So when I got the call to return to Alaska, I decided I needed to, to really learn how to play well enough so that I could do songs that the people liked. And fortunately, I had enough musical training that I could put just about any song to chords on a guitar. So that was, that was a big plus for me in terms of my ministry in Alaska and what, and what we did there in any community where you can do that kind of music for folks. It's just a draw, you know, people really like it. So it wasn't a question of, are we going to do it again next year? It was a question of, what's the date we're going to do it? How is that going to work? Who's going to be involved? Who are the people who are going to come and present that program first in the second year? We did invite the people from Alaska to come back in the second year, uh, just to make sure we were getting it right and we were doing it right. and. And they stepped back very graciously to help us. Well, and I think, too, it's, it's part of the culture. It has been for a long, long, long time. I mean, fiddle playing and playing a card, guitar goes back centuries, I would say, in, in Alaska and in Canada as well. And you see old pictures of people playing the fiddle and playing guitar and singing um, different songs. They're not always the gospel-type songs, but there's other songs they sing, and those are good songs, too. And, you know, and in my time in Alaska, you know, I got to know some of those songs that are, that are really, really cool to sing and learn and to dance to. And that's the other part of it is, um, I think that's why Belle called it Dancing with the Spirit, and that she incorporated dance into it. In a season dedicated to the subject of suicide, I think it's worth remembering what's possible from artistic effort and participation, and what's been said about the improbable existence of beauty in this world. 
As we've discussed, the despair and the darkness that can descend and grab hold. Beauty, as one artist said, is the personification of hope that something grander is at work. So the arts can play a critical role, and the experience of these music camps makes the case. They came from sports camps in the summer to come to the music camp because they wanted to be here. They wanted to, to do that too. Uh, so it's, it's a whole different skill set, and, uh, and it's, it makes a, a wonderful opportunity for young people. We have kids coming back. You look around the, the children who are at the music camp, they're all children who had been here the year before and the year before and brought more children from their school, uh, from their sports programs. We had one kid showed up at the music camp, and he, uh, his, his father came to get him at the end of the day and said, I just found out that my child was supposed to be over at the, the hockey camp. How come he's here? Uh, and it was only because that child wanted to be there. So uh, he ended up coming for the rest of the week. It was kind of a, it was a, a funny, but it was a, it was a wonderful experience for that boy. It's cheaper to teach kids how to play music than it is sports because there's equipment fees, you know, all kinds of fancy equipment you have to buy. And it takes a lot. And I know because I have a niece and nephew that play hockey. And it's very time consuming on, on the person playing. And it does take a certain talent. If you really want to compete and if you really want to be good at it, you have to practice and play hard. And, and you do have to have a talent for it. But, you know, with music, I think you can teach just about any person, young person, to play at least three guitar chords and to be able to sing a song at the end of a day. I mean, I've seen it happen. And that is just so uplifting to them to see that they have that kind of skill. And then they can decide if they want to keep it up, if they want to continue to nurture it. And I've seen that play out in several of our students, um, you know, in Alaska, who've gone on to, uh, to be at, actually become instructors in the program because they persisted and they learned more and, and they got to a point where they could be really good at it. So I think music has, has a future for young people. And you look at some of our local talent in Six Nations here, uh, to see some of uh, the people who have gone on to make names for themselves in the field of music. Uh, one is Derek Miller, who um, actually has uh, helped us out with Music for the Spirit, as it's called at Six Nations. And so there, and there are many, many others like him who, who continue to do music and uh, have shown people that, yeah, you can do this. It's not, it is possible. Do you think there's a connection between music and the healing process? Well, I think anytime you do something to improve self-esteem, it's real healing, healing for them. And, uh, and what I've seen is that a lot of our young people who do learn music don't even know that they are in need of healing. Uh, but once they do it, then they start to feel so much better in them in themselves and that's where the healing begins because you know life is tough in many of our communities and uh, there's all kinds of abuse and 
And I'm not saying that's the status quo by any means, but it does exist and it can be hurtful and harmful. But then to see uh, kids who who are who we who we, we know are in in that kind of a situation come out and play music, it's um, it's very healing. You know, I've seen music transcend many cultures. When I visited uh, New Zealand, there was always uh, we had to sing a song. Even, you know, good, bad, or ugly, we had to sing a song for them. And that, and that was, you know, it, that's the way they are, you know. We'll, we'll sing with our music and that will connect us in some way. And then I remember when I visited uh, Kenya and did some work with the woman down there, every once in a while, when things got a little bit shaky, maybe in what they were learning or what they were feeling, one of them would jump up and say, Let's have a chorus, <laughs> meaning let's sing a song. And, and it was so remarkable, you know, to see how that song brought peace uh, to the woman and brought up their comfort level. So music, music is powerful, and I don't really think people, people know that. Uh, even some of the songs they sing today, you know, and I don't like all the music they do today, but I can see the power in it, uh, good, bad, or not. It, there is the power in the music that we have to reckon with. And it's the same when we do our traditional songs. Um, you don't know the words, but you can feel the power of it because it's a power that is handed down through the ancestors. Our ancestors sang those songs. And that alone makes it very powerful. And I think people, when they listen to it, they can feel it. It moves right into the heart and it takes over your being. And that is so cool to see. Um, you know, and, and a lot of uh, communities I know will sing traditional songs when someone passes on. It's a real way of healing. And people, you know, when, when all is done, they go home with a smile on their face because they've seen that power take over, you know, that power of healing and that power of love and that power of being together and doing something in a good way so it's really it's really remarkable it's just it's a kind of lovely language yeah absolutely i mean I, i've seen it work that way and i'll tell you a little story about my family we've always had their t tradition of singing on christmas eve and if you want it to uh if you want it to get a present you had to sing right <laughs> And so, and, and we continued with that tradition, but ho however, with COVID this year, we couldn't do that. But to see, to see some of uh, my nieces and nephews struggle through songs, <laughs> it, it was really good, I thought, because it shows to me that the power, there is power in that music, but it also shows to me that we're not teaching our kids the songs that we knew and the songs that made us feel good. And we really need to pay more attention to that. So, I, you know, I was thinking about that uh, during this past Christmas and how, how, how what a struggle it has become for them to sing some of those songs. Um, and, 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 and it's like that with our traditional songs as well. Um, are we passing them on? Are we singing them enough? so that our young people can learn them and feel them. And, and I really think that the important part is to feel a song. It's not so much in how you sing it, but as it is in how you feel it. And if you can't feel it, 
than wise seeing it. You have to have an open heart in order to make that work. That's Ginny Doctor. Remember now that despite her own passion for music, it took a bit to convince her in those early days of music camps in Alaska. What made her realize the potential of these activities was the first concert, and she saw how everyone, students and parents, were just glowing. Ginny's musical comrade-in-arms for the Alaskan Project was Reverend Belle Mickelson. She has said, people are out there praying for you to come, and when you answer that call, you will be blessed beyond anything you can ever imagine. Reverend Norm Casey was blessed in his memory of the first student concert in his community of Six Nations. That's where the that's where you see the biggest impact. You get all these people who are involved and they're so proud of their child, whoever they're there to encourage or sponsor. They get so proud of that person, the new skills that they have. And they bring flowers now and present make presentations to the kids. Those children were on stage and they they did this marvelous, this marvelous thing, and they all get gifts from their family. Really nice. What Six Nations has done is they've tried to help out other communities to, you know, to start the program. You know, and, and you could see it. You could see it. Even at their performances, it was that same magic, that same feeling of, hey, I'm doing something. I'm doing something that I can be proud of, that other people can be proud of. And just that goes a long, long way. Here's just a a little bit from that concert at Six Nations. When you think of the evolution of these activities, it's hard not to also think of the old Christian hymn, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Just think of how this circle was joined. It began with a chance meeting in Alaska between Ginny Doctor and a young violinist, and it was married to the passions of the late Reverend Norm Casey and the fire of the late Leona Moses to transform a dream into reality at Six Nations. Not only has the circle not been broken, it seems to have embraced their spirit. And their legacy has expanded from those earliest days to now offer hope and a just a beautiful sense of belonging and pride and achievement and fun to thousands who call Turtle Island home. I'm Peter Downey. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Norm and Peter. It sure is good to hear Norm's voice. 
Norm was a great friend, colleague, and mentor. Also one of our leaders gone too soon. I've been trying to think of how we can memorialize him, and this is a good start, especially if we can keep the music going. The Reverend Dr. Trimble Gilbert, an elder priest from Arctic Village, Alaska, said, In the old days, we fought tribal wars with arrowheads. It's a different type of war now against drugs and alcohol. I believe we can win with music. Yes, we are in a different time, especially with the pandemic all around us. But the people still sing the songs, lifting their spirit and the spirits of others. I remember my grandma telling me to sing when life got a little scary. Because I was daring, I was singing all the time. We have been blessed with donations to replicate music for the spirit. We can buy instruments, and when we are able, we can send instructors to help get the music going. In the meantime, there are teaching resources available from Dancing with the Spirit. However, it is essential to form a local committee and we can give guidance. For more information, please contact me at vdoctor at national.anglican.ca. Music is powerful. Think of how the song, We Shall Overcome, powered the civil rights movement in the United States. Many countries have national anthems that move people to tears. In the words of Holly Near, songwriter, We are a gentle, loving people, and we are singing, singing for our lives. Now, uh, on it.